Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Competitive eating. Yes, it's actually a sport. You may have even caught a glimpse of real human beings devouring countless hot dogs on ESPN at Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest on Coney Island. And you may have even thought, those guys are nuts. People in these competitions compete against each other. They eat large quantities of food and they literally ingest over 20,000 calories. There's also a national organization that sponsors these athletes. It's a gastroenterologist's nightmare. On this episode, Alex Mus Perez, who is a competitive eater ranked 50th in the world, joins us to tell us about his journey and how he got into competitive eating. He also tells us about how he was branded by nurses in Chicago when he was born, who gave him the name Moose because he was such a big baby. He'll also tell us about his strategy and what's the best way to debone a chicken wing. And of course, he tells us the horrors of competitive eating, how he got so sick after eating several slices of ghost pepper pizza, he ended up coughing blood. This is a fun episode you won't want to miss, and it's hitting off our 2020 year of the nurse season. Stay tuned. But first, a word from our sponsor. Sequels. Some of them are good. Most of them are bad. But on the Sequels Revenge podcast, we're here to celebrate all things sequels. Host John Coulomb and Bill Posley bring on a guest to talk about their favorite movies, and then we pitch a sequel to it. It's a sequel that nobody asked for, but one that we'd like to see. Then we go away. Write the first five pages to the sequel, bring in a table of actors to read it. So if any of this sounds appealing to you, you should download Sequels Revenge Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play stores. Welcome back to another episode, Nurses and Hypochondriacs. And I want to welcome to the show a very special guest, Moose Alex Perez. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about how we met, because I love to talk about how I meet all my guests, because it's always very interesting. And so we met on Bumble one day, and I happened to be in Palm Springs. We connected on Bumble, which is a dating app. And um, it was interesting when I came to meet you, because I went to go buy some bagels. I'm like, you know, I'll buy him some bagels, a competitive eater, right? And the girl at the bagel shop was like, you know, I told her I'm going on a date with a competitive eater. And she's like, do you want half a dozen bagels? Like immediately she's like up in the score, but she thought it was super cool. And I think I told a a few other people and they thought it was super cool that I was meeting a competitive eater because it's not every day that you meet a competitive eater. That's true. (laughs) And that's the reason behind us because there's not many of us. (laughs) because you're ranked 50th in the nation or in the world correct 50th in the world yeah there's not 
we're very elitist. We're like uh we're like a like a miniature food SWAT team, I guess you could say. You know, we just uh uh you know, it's just a very small group, it's a small niche. Uh so you know, you don't have you got a lot of people that are always trying to be competitive eaters that are amateur eaters we call them. Heck, I was an amateur eater for a few years, but so I understand the struggle. Uh especially whenever you're trying to get to that to that podium or when you're trying to get to to be classified as a professional eater with major league eating. So yeah. So tell us about yourself, Alex. Where'd you get the name Moose from? Um Moose came about when I was born in Chicago. Um my mom gave birth to me uh and I was weighing in at twelve and a half pounds. And so the nurses in Chicago coined me Actually, they said, wow, your baby is huge. He looks like a big moose, is what one nurse said. And this is a story my mom said. And so they, that from that point, that nurse coined me moose, and she told the rest of the nurse, and the rest of the nurses just kind of put a little tagline there on the, you know, the little thing where they put the babies. They put moose there. So, uh, yeah, my uh, grandfather said, when all, when all the family was there checking me out, I guess, you know, I was just born. I was the first born out of the immediate family. And everybody's looking at me, and including, like, strangers. And, and people, my grandfather said that people are, like, looking at you more than the baby that they, we were actually there to see. And they're like, oh, my God, look at how huge that baby is. <laughs> That's where Moose came from. That's awesome. So competitive eating, how did you get into that? I mean, it's not every, like I said, not every day that someone goes, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a competitive eater. Yeah, that's what I want to do. That's my purpose in life is to eat and so, compete. Yeah, yeah. No one just like, it kind of it kind of happens almost like, I don't want to say it's like by accident or mistake. But it just kind of, kind of, kind of does because it's like when I started this venture, it was because a couple of reasons. Uh, a, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, ever, ever since I was in high school, junior high, maybe even since a kid, uh, I've always been highly competitive. Uh, and getting out of the Marine Corps, you know, being in the Marine Corps made me even that much more competitive getting out I was still kind of fiending I was still hungry for more competition even though I felt like I had satisfied so much just being in the Marines but I was still kind of like ah I need more you know I'm kind of bored after I got out and then 2006 I saw Joey Chestnut versus Kobayashi on ESPN it was the 4th of July I was at a party and uh, I was there with two of my friends from high school and there was a bunch of other people I didn't even know. Even the people that were throwing the party, I didn't really know that well. And so everyone's like, oh, gather around. Nathan's hot dog competition's going to be on TV. And the TV was in the patio while everybody's barbecuing and drinking beer. And so as I come around with my two buddies, I'm watching this competition go down. And I'm like, whoa. You know, I'm thinking in my head, this is really cool. And then I point at the TV, like midway, the, you know, throughout the 10-minute competition, I was like, I think I'm going to do this one day. I said it out loud. And the people that were there that didn't know me were like, 
Oh, shut up. You'll never do that. Those guys are professionals. Because you'll never be there. You'll never be on TV. And so my friends from high school, they looked at me, they looked at the people, and they're like, no, if Moose says he's going to do something, it's going to happen. <laughs> and so 2011, I, I mean, Adam from Man vs. Food, I was already kind of thinking about how I wanted to do food challenges to be a food competitor. And so I meet Adam Richmond from Man vs. Food. I hit him up for a couple of tips. He gave me a couple of tips. And I did my first competition, and I ate 22 uh, corn dogs in 10 minutes. Oh, and wow. So I was like, wow, I think I got something going on here. So everybody kept pushing me, hey, you should do more, you should do more. So that first year, I started doing local competitions in the DFW area. The DFW area. Uh, and then uh, by, when I came back to the same competition I did the first year, uh, the MC recognized me. He's like, hey, Alex. He, I had been on TV once already, and I've been on a local magazines and media, So, which is kind of weird being that it was my first year. And he's like, hey, man, I've seen you've been on TV and some of the local media. Um, I think you should ta tag yourself with, like, a nickname. That way you kind of stand out more. And it's kind of funny because, coincidentally, I had been thinking about that midway after that first year. I'm like, I think I should come up with a, a nickname. It didn't dawn on me yet that, you know, to hit, to, to use Moose until when I saw that MC, he's like, you should nickname yourself. Let's brainstorm right now before you do this corndog eating competition. And he's like, dig, he's like, dig, dig deep. I want you to think of something like a childhood nickname that all your friends called you. And that's when I, it just hit me. Like, ah, oh, heck. Uh, my nurses, when I was born, coined me Moose. And for a oh, time being, you know, my family and my friends called me Moose. And they still do every blue moon, but it just never dawned on me. He's like, Moose it is. So, second year <laughs> I came out the Moose Perez. That's where that came from. So you're sponsored, you joined, there's like a whole organization for competitive eating, right? It's actually a sport. Yeah, it's, it's, in my, and everybody's, like anybody that does, that does food challenges or food competitions, we consider it a sport. I think if you got guys wearing pants and shoes, sliding, you know, rocks down ice and not even breaking a sweat and they call that an Olympic sport, I think competitive eating, where we're pushing ourselves to the limit, we're sweating, we're in pain, I think that should be an Olympic sport. It's definitely a sport. It definitely should be an Olympic sport. But there's a professional organization, right? Right. So it's called Major League Eating. And Major League Eating used to be called IFOS. IFOS is an acronym for International Federation of Competitive Eating. That's how it first started back in in the late 90s, I should say. Uh, that's when uh, it's owned by Shea and Shea, uh, the Shea brothers. They own a marketing firm in New York City. They're the ones who did the first competition with Nathan's Hot Dog, and that's where it kind of snowballed for Shea and Shea or IFOS, a.k.a. Major League Eating. So IFOS became Major League Eating a few years down the road after they had started with Nathan's. And so major league eating sounds much more better and shorter and, and just cleaner than saying International Federation of Competitive Eating. It's like just saying 
National Football League, you know, NFL. So it's major league eating. And they are the primary sponsor for everything we do. They find the competitions. We get paid for the competitions. So, yeah, it's 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 an entity on its own. So tell us a little bit about the story of how you can't just join them. You have to be asked to join them, right? It's a very yeah. exclusive club. It is very exclusive. It's so exclusive that it took me two years. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it was in my third year when I when I joined them. Um, so after my first year of doing ham treating, midway through my first year, I was like, yeah, I think I got this. I think I want to step it up a notch. And I started doing more research, and I was like, all right, who, who does Nathan's? Let me find this out. So I did research behind Major League Eating. And then I saw their website. I saw everything about them. I did some research behind the owners, the, the MCs, uh, some of the eaters. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I didn't see anything on their website that said anything about joining them. So I sent an email, just a regular email out to, you know, to them. And I said, I'm going to take a shot at this. And maybe, maybe I hear back, maybe I don't. But at least I know I tried. I'm all about trying. And so I never give up. I always try my best at everything. So I was like, I'm going to try. And so I told some of my friends I was going to send them an email. They're like, oh, they'll never respond to you. I was like, hey, you never know. Uh, my girlfriend at the time said, oh, you'll never get with those guys. They'll never, they'll look at you. I was like, I don't see why not. So I sent out an email. And it was kind of funny because, I, like I said, it was the first year. I had already done quite a few competitions. And, uh which at the time I didn't know who was responding to the email, but it was actually Sam Barclay, who's the general manager of Major League Eating. And uh, at the time he sent me the email or the response, he's like, he's like, uh, and at, at this point I was just Alex Press, so he just responded with Alex. He's like, yeah, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch, uh, not a problem. That was a very vague email. I was like, okay. Second year, I became Alex the Moose Perez. I was winning more competitions. I was making a name for myself. And I sent out a second email at the end of that second season or that second year. And I was like, all right, maybe uh, maybe I, I, I can touch base with these guys and maybe convince them to let me join or at least do a competition. So I hit them up with a second email. And at this point, now Moose. So uh, Sam was like, Moose, we know who you are. We see what you're doing down in Texas. And they named some of the competitions I had done, which was kind of weird to me because I never once told them what I did. So, but, you know, that's how they do things. They, they Yeah, they the, were watching you. Yeah, they were almost like watching me. It was really weird because I was like, I even told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, I showed her the email. I'm like, hey, look at this. They, they know what competitions I've done. How, how is that even possible? But Sam replied, he's like, Moose, keep doing what you're doing. It's by invite only, which that's what he said the first time, which I forgot to mention. He's like, it's by invite only. We'll let you know when you're when we're ready for you. All right, but keep doing what you're doing. You're 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 creating some some havoc down in Texas. We like what we're seeing. All right, not a problem. Well, third year starts around, and which is kind of funny because I was thinking, all right, I've been doing this two years already. Mid mid of the third year of me doing this amateur eating. Uh, you know, I felt like I had already accomplished a lot. So I was getting kind of like antsy, maybe a little bored. I was like, man, I think I'm going to just kind of give this up. I think I've already accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, even though major league eating 
didn't really reach out to me. About a few weeks after me thinking that, because I hadn't really made a decision yet, I told my girlfriend at the time, hey, I'm, I think I'm going to do this. She's like, I support whatever you want to do. It's all it's all up to you. And so a few weeks after me telling her that and making somewhat of a decision, uh, she's like, or uh, I get an email from Major League Eating, and they're like, Moose, uh, we'd like to formally invite you to prove yourself and do a competition and see if you can beat out some of the other pro eaters. And in doing so, if we see that you can do such, if you can do such, we'll go ahead and possibly invite you to the league. I was like, wow, okay, this is a chicken wing eating competition. So I'm like, all right. So this is like three months prior to the event. So I'm like, wow, all right. I think I'm definitely gonna practice and really make you know do my best on this and you know if i if i if, if, if i do well awesome if i don't do well this will let me know that i'm not ready for the pro league and maybe i should just retire from amateur eating right so uh i start practicing so for about about two three times a day i would order chicken wings i would order about 15 20 chicken wings per order and I would just practice. And I wasn't really practicing my capacity. Capacity, I knew I had the capacity. Whenever you do these competitions, it's based off of strategy, right, and technique. So explain and that. Go into that a little bit more, strategy and technique, because I was doing some research before I talked to you, and that's what they said, because it's, it's a total kind of mind fuck in a way. Like, you just got to put yourself in a mental state. I mean, because before anybody eats any food, we have something called gastric accommodation, where we start to salivate, you know, our stomachs get ready to eat food. But there's a certain capacity that we have before normal human beings, not competitive eaters, will start to vomit if they eat too much food. I mean, how do you get around that? What do you do? Well, um, you know, I, I was blessed with a high metabolism since I was a kid. And so my mom used to hide food for me when I was a kid because I used to just devour bags of chips and boxes of cereal and just pretty much anything that was put in front of me, I used to just devour. And so uh, my mom used to tell me I was going to get fat one day, but I never felt full. So I know some folks have a sense of, feeling full when they eat I've never really felt that I've always felt like I could eat and eat and just sometimes I would have to stop myself just because I'm like ooh maybe I will gain weight or ooh maybe that's too many calories but there's there was never a moment in my life where I was like ah I'm really really full no it's just I've always been blessed that I've had that with me right uh but so that going back to capacity I've never really had that issue uh, even though you can practice capacity, meaning that you can stretch out your stomach, cause the stomach is muscle. And so, um, but really what it boils down to in, in the food competition world is technique and strategy. So, you know, chicken wings, um, you, it's not really that easy. You know, you got the bones and you got protein or meat wrapped around the bones themselves. How are you going to get the meat or the protein off of that bone? in a very timely manner, especially when you're doing a competition amongst your peers for 10 minutes, how are you going to get all that protein into your mouth and stomach before the 10 minutes is up? 
So you have to practice technique and strategy. So that's what I did a few months prior to that first competition. I got invited by Major Leghini where I was practicing, uh, you know, deboning or just breaking down the bone from the flesh. And I was trying to develop a technique that I could get it so quick and swallow so that I could move on to the next wing. Well, it took me literally almost a full three months before the competition. Uh, I discovered the technique on the third month, and I was so excited because, you know, for weeks and months I had been practicing, and I couldn't discover such an easy technique. But I was having dreams about how to develop a technique. That's how interesting loaded I was to, to finding the, the solution or a, a technique to this. And so finally when I found it, I was at work one day, and uh, I was at lunch, and I ordered wings, and I'm sitting there, and I swear people were looking at me weird because I was just like eating these wings way differently than humans normally eat wings. I was just like <laughs> at it, studying it. I was like eyeing it with one eyeball, you know, just like a scientist would. And so that day I had found the technique that I was going to be using for that competition. And so when I was, when I found it, I was so excited. I called some of my dear friends and even my mom, uh, my friends were excited for me. My mom, it was funny because I had called her. I was like, hey, guess what? I, I, I developed, I found a technique where I can break down the, the, the chicken wing from protein or, the, you know, the meat from the bone. And she's like, oh, well, that's good, mijo. Uh, you know, I'm Spanish, Latin. So, oh, that's good, mijo. Hey, by the way, did you pay your taxes? That was the only thing she was worried about. <laughs> she wasn't worried about my chicken wing technique. Um, so, um, so. Um, I used that technique during that competition and when I showed up, you know, some of the pros were there and it was kind of, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of uh, intimidating at first because these are the people that I used to look up to when I used to watch ESPN Nathan's hot dog eating competition. I'm like, wow, here are these guys that were on TV. I'm, I'm actually competing against them. This is really cool. And so that was my first competition with Major League Eating. And I ate that day, I ate 112 chicken wings in 10 minutes. I was wow. three, three shy of Eric the Red. Eric the Red at the time was ranked seventh in the world. And I ate 112. He ate 115. Oh, at wow. That, yeah. At that moment, Sam Barclay was there. And he announced to the crowd, he's like, Moose, I can't think of a better time than right now in front of your peers to ask you if you would like to join Major League Eating. I was like, wow, this is it. It was funny because uh, Sam knew the amount of emails I had sent him and that I was waiting for this moment. So when he said that, uh, I was on stage with him in front of you know a bunch of people. Um, I kind of pretended I was crying. And I grabbed my finger like <laughs> my, my eardrops were, were coming out of my, I'm like, Sam, I never thought you'd ever ask. And everybody started laughing. Uh, even he laughed too. Yeah. But yeah, so I, that's, that's when I signed, signed up with Major League Eating. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So how can I ask my next question? So many things are going through my head. I mean, so many questions. What was the most, um, I guess, aggressive 
competitive eating competition you've had? I was reading one about um, peppers and pizza where you were choking and bleeding. Yeah, that was a challenge. I wasn't really a man versus food or, yeah, a man versus man. That was just something I wanted to do because it was ghost pepper. Uh, nobody really does ghost pepper challenges or nobody can eat ghost pepper for that matter. Uh, so I just did a, a ghost pepper pizza challenge just for uh, shits and giggles because it was off season and I wanted to do something just for fun. And so nobody had attempted to eat this whole entire pizza at this bar. Uh, well, I decided to do it and uh, timer went off and I started. I had knocked out almost half a pizza in less than three minutes. And everyone's like, oh, he's got it. He's got it. Well, the owner slash manager decided to up the atom on the uh, sauce of the uh, with the ghost pepper because he knew I was a professional eater or he knew I was a, a, a competitive eater, I should say. I wasn't a professional at the time yet. He knew I was a competitive eater and he's like, this, this is a rumor I heard and I confronted him about it. He denied it, but he actually added more ghost pepper than he normally would have to the challenge, which is fine. But the problem that I ran across is halfway, I'm already eating this pizza. My entire body, my first, my, my throat locked up. I oh, felt wow. like I swallow any further. So I had like whatever was in my mouth. I felt like I just couldn't swallow. It just, it seized. And then at that point, I spit it out because I just couldn't breathe at a, at a point because I'm like, something's going on with my throat. And then at that point, I just felt like dizzy. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this something's not right. So I ran to the bathroom just in case. And yeah, I was uh, vomiting. And then um, I was coughing up blood. And then for the next, Five to six days, I was, you know, I didn't have a very nice stomach, I guess you could say, to say it nicely. And I was bleeding from every orifice. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah so, lesson learned. Uh, always do your due diligence whenever you're doing a food challenge and make sure the jackass owner or <laughs> manager doesn't really do anything to manipulate that from you because that's exactly what happened there so tell us about some of the competitions you've been in and uh, which ones were the most challenging because you were also talking about one where you were eating watermelon balls and you also got uh had problems with your esophagus oh uh, yeah so that, i was doing a i was doing a competition where i was doing a I can't remember what the competition was, but I was training for it, and uh, I started doing, uh, I think it was tamales, if I'm not mistaken, but I was doing watermelon balls because I wanted to stretch out the esophagus. I was still kind of trying to fine-tune my, my training regimen, so uh, I was trying watermelon balls where I would just cut these watermelon balls into one-inch spheres, and I would just swallow them whole. Just so oh, I my gosh. Esophagus. Well, I guess I had cut these uh, balls up bigger than normal because uh, uh, one day I was swallowing these watermelon balls and it kept 
hurting my throat. I just said, the heck with it. I got to keep going. And even though I was in pain, I was still just pushing myself. But little did I know that I, I you know, I didn't know at the time, but I, I, I guess I tore the uh, lining of my esophagus. Oh, wow. I lay in bed one night after, after that day. I was laying in bed and uh, I was just coughing. I couldn't stop coughing that entire night. And I thought maybe, well, maybe I'm getting sick. Well, no, it's because I, I hurt myself. And so in the middle of the night, I was just like, I woke up coughing really, really bad. And then when I stood up, I just like, it was like I coughed up like blood. Oh, wow. It was on my chest. I'm like, what the heck am I dying? Well, when I went to the doctor, they're like, yeah, this is what you did. I was like, oh, man, never make that mistake again. So, yeah, so the training I do is much better and easier. I guess not really easy. but yeah, Talk about the training a little bit. Like, how do you train for an event? Do you train the same way for each food group you eat or differently for certain foods? Uh, if it's something easy, I'm not going to train at all. I'll be honest with you. But if it's something hard that I've never done before, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna attempt technique and strategy. And if it's uh, something I know I'm gonna have an issue with, like perhaps bread, because that's my kiwi deal, then I'm gonna go ahead and, and do my what I call the uh, a trifecta. And the trifecta is water for the stomach, about three to four gallons throughout a 24 hour period, and then bubble gum for the uh, for the muscles around the jaw. Uh, I do that for about, I do about 30, 40 pieces, depending on what mood I'm in for about two to three hours, just chewing gum, make sure I work out those uh, muscles around the jaw because whenever you're stuffing your face, you call it chip monkey, you're stuffing your face and you, you got food in your mouth and it turns into you looking like a chipmunk. Uh, your jaw gets really tired and it stretches out to the point where you, it feels like your jaw's going to fail on you. It really does. And so if you're not ready for that kind of stuff and you're new, which I've encountered new people doing that, your jaw would just really lock up and you won't be able to do anything. You'll just have to spit out the food. So you got to make sure you're on point, on game with your uh, master muscles, I guess, on, in your jaw. So I do the bubble gum for that. And then that's part two. And then part three is uh, bananas, about 25 bananas in five minutes, just swallowing whole bananas in a very timely manner. So you can stretch out the esophagus. So the bananas replaced the watermelon balls a long time ago. So hmm. again, those three techniques are part of trifecta, and I apply that at trifecta. The new events or food that I've never done before, food that competitions that I've done year after year after year because I've been doing this so long. Uh, I usually don't really train because I'm already used to. I know what I need to do, and I'm used to it. So. But that so, so you never get like nauseous or you have what's called reflux where food just backs up into from your stomach up into your esophagus out of your mouth no no issues whatsoever i get asked that by reporters all the time and media and, and fans never ever do i ever gag uh vomit uh nor do i ever have any issues uh, during the competition, nor any issues at the end. As a matter of fact, what's funny, uh, and it's not just me, but 
whenever we're done with a competition, we're high-fiving, we're kind of shaking each other's hands and doing all sorts of cool stuff to congratulate each other. And after a few minutes, we're like, all right, uh, you guys want to go ahead and uh, eat some more? Yep, about 30, yeah. 60 minutes to doing a food competition, we're eating again. Yeah, it sounds like nurses, we can eat through anything. We just, you know, dealt with some bloody gore, diarrhea, vomit, whatever, and we're just in the break room eating or we'll just, you know, go out to eat after work. No problem. <laughs> Doesn't affect us at all. So in my research, I found, too, that they had done a study and they found that um, a competitive eater's stomach can go from zero to nine months pregnant in about 10 minutes and you're actually eating about 20,000 calories during an event. What do you do after an event to kind of decompress? I mean, you said you can go out and eat more, but you just ingested 20,000 calories and your stomach is probably huge because it blows up like a balloon, right? It, it, yeah, it does. It, it turns and you end up looking like your prego. And, uh, but again, um, our metabolism is so high that it doesn't really affect us. But an hour later, we're eating again. And it doesn't stop there either because we go back to our hotel rooms. This is very typical of a food competition. We fly in, we do the competition, we eat again, we go to our hotel room, shower up, and we go all night long eating and drinking like nothing ever happened. <laughs> and then the next morning, it's like normal. It's normal. There's no detox. There's no, I'm not going to eat for a couple of days or a couple of, no, it's back to normal business immediately after the competition. So there's, again, there's nothing that, that, that changes in our daily patterns of how we act after a competition. Everything is just normal. That's amazing. I wish I could do that. <laughs> but some of the, um, side effects or just the bad side about competitive eating that I found in my research. Uh, so the, here are some of the things. So um, unable to digest food, heart attack, kidney disease, choking. Have you ever known of anybody in your league that has had any of these issues? Zero. Really? And yeah. a lot of those competitive eaters are really thin. They're real well, yeah, they are thin. And this is where it gets kind of like, just because you're a competitive eater doesn't necessarily mean you can eat like that all the time. Like, for example, I'll tell you, there's uh, there's some knucklehead competitive eaters out there, which I know personally, that they thought, oh, I can compete and eat like this all the time. And I'm going to keep it going because I'm a professional now or I can I can eat like that. And then you notice, you start to see them, but you don't say anything. You start to notice that they're gaining weight rapidly. And they're doing, like, not only competitions, but they're doing food challenges, like, galore. And I, I see that, that, that that's more of the, 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 the competitive eaters that really don't know how to really keep a balance. They kind of do these food challenges to keep the momentum growing or – Maybe they got a YouTube channel and they're trying to keep their their fan base interested in them. That's you got to keep a balance of lifestyle. As much as I love food competitions, I'm not gonna just eat like that all the time, or nor am I gonna do food challenges all the time. I gotta have a balance of lifestyle. I do it, 
and I put the bandana on because that's what I do. I have my own logo, my own thing that I have. I use the moose bandana, moose wristband. Your brand. It's your brand. Yeah, I got my own brand. I don't really care if somebody likes it or not or if people are wanting me to do stuff. I, I really don't care for that. I gotta have I gotta have an on and off switch. And I tell people my on switch is when you see me putting on that moose bandana, it's go time. As soon as that moose bandana comes off, yeah, it's, it's over. You're not gonna see the moose in action until the next competition. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been asked to do food challenges out of people on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, I dare you to do it. Yeah, okay, you do it first, and then maybe I'll think about it about doing it myself. But I get challenged all the time. And I, again, if you don't see me wearing the moose bandana, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> some, some of the competitive eaters, uh, I, you know, I know one that he gained so much weight that his doctor said, if you eat the way you're eating, you're going to have a heart attack. All yeah. Right? Then another one said, oh, I, 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 I'm ranked 20th something, so I'm a badass. So I think it got to his head. He started doing food challenges, and he started eating like that just for normal, like just normal stuff with him and his family. And the kid went and had a heart attack. He had a stroke. <gasps> no way. Yeah, and I knew it because I saw his patterns, and like just kind of like I saw that other guy that was warned after he gained, like, I don't know, 150 pounds, uh, that he had a stroke. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to retire. Well, of course you are. You find out <laughs> Yeah, you did a bunch of stupid stuff. You did that to yourself. You don't know how to get some. Again, these guys that they feel like, oh, I can do it. Even some of the newbies, uh, you know, you you'll, if you research it on on you know Google, you'll see that there's been like amateur competitions where no one's ever done a competition and they do something and then they die. Oh you wow! Know? There's That's been a crazy. few of those in the last ten years where people just feel like, oh, I can do this. I got this. And they do it, and they choke, and they die. Or whatever reason, I, I think one guy ate something, I forgot what it was, and he had a bad reaction that he died after winning the competition. He was a newbie. So, wow. yeah, this is definitely not nothing for, like, the faint of heart or somebody that can say, oh, I can just do this. Like, I've had uh, friends of mine say they can do it, and then they attempt to do an amateur competition, and then they fail miserably. I knew from when I was a kid, I could eat like this moving forward into the you know future. You know, I, when they said, Oh, when I said I was going to do this, I knew I could do it because I, I based off of what I had been able to accomplish my entire life with eating food in a very fast manner. So it wasn't like, Oh, I want to go ahead and do this because Alex Moose Perez does it, which I've had friends do, but they fail miserably. So you have to really take this as a sport, as a very, professional serious profession. it's serious yeah, very serious. yeah. yeah. i um i pulled another research study that said scientists found links between brain and gut bacteria so your gut bacteria must be very acclimated of course through time and it has that brain stomach connection to where you're able to do this and uh, not like the other guy who's the newbie who can't so yeah. I think a lot of go uh, things go into play for me, um, maybe other competitive years too, but for me, like, growing up in Chicago, my family took me to, like, the fanciest of restaurants of any ethnicity to the 
taco stand in the middle of an alley or, uh, you know, a, uh, some rinky-dink diner that was in the middle of the city. You know, it's, I've always had, like, every kind of food from top-notch to, like, the lowest quality. And so I think that in itself helped me build up that tolerance and the bacteria to be able to encounter anything. And I'll tell you a story. Um, I uh, did a oyster eating competition last year, and the oysters were Was bad. it in New Orleans? Yeah, it was in New Orleans, and it was sponsored by Acme. And it wasn't their fault because they have a shucking competition the day before. And the shucking competition, the competitors shuck them, and then they put them on trays and store them in a in a in a in a local refrigerator, like one of those uh, uh, remote refrigerators. And then they, we come in the next day, and then we devour them. But the ones that I had, I guess they had been sitting out for a while. Uh oh. Everybody too, but I know mine were. They were hot. Me. I mean, you could see the cream. You could smell the cream. Oh, gross. <laughs> and the girls, the two girls that have been helping me out, uh, I love them to death. They love me. They're great. And every time I do that competition every year, they're always there to support me. Um, and they're like, Moose, because they saw, like, I was kind of hesitating at first. Like, Moose, we can see and we can smell that they're bad. You don't have to continue this. I said, no, no, no. This is what I do. This is what we get paid oh to do. Oh, my God. So must go on. And so I kept eating them. And they were like, when I was done, they're like, "Are you gonna, do you need to throw up now? I was like, no, I'm good. Because you like, don't taste the food when you do these competitions, right? I mean, in a, in a sense, you can a little bit. But you're not getting me in. You're not getting the full taste of it, no. But I mean, the, obviously, the food has to go through your mouth, right? So you're still getting a little bit of the flavor, but you're not really going for the flavor. You're just trying to eat it as fast as possible. Uh, so I told the girls, I was like, "Look, they're spoiled." Yes. I go, "Look, I got an ironclad stomach. All I need is a few tequila shots, and I'm good." And they couldn't believe it. I took a couple of tequila shots in the VIP tent that they had set up for us, and. I, I kind of hesitated at first. I was like, maybe I should, because those things were really, really bad. But then I was like, nah, if you're going to get sick, Moose, you're going to get sick. Just do the tequila shots. I did the tequila shots, and I was waiting for, you know, the nuke to blow up in my stomach, but nothing ever happened. So, oh, wow. Yeah, I was good. Yeah, your bacteria must be just really acclimated that it, you know... It's on point. It's like little freaking Marines in my stomach. They're just like, <laughs> kill, kill, kill. Definitely. That's a good way of putting it. So yeah. what was your favorite competition before we wrap this all up? Like your favorite food competition? Uh, to this day, anything that has to do with chicken wings is my favorite competition to this day. I just love the flavor. I love doing them, the technique. Uh, people love watching us do it because, you know, that's, they see the bones flying all over and we're just devouring them. You know, the, the whole wing goes in our mouth and then all of a sudden it pops out, you know, completely naked. So everyone's like, you know, we've had people come up like, how did, how did you do that, man? Like, you, it's almost like a magic show. Like, you, here's the chicken wing. Now it's not here. It's like, it's just bone. It's like, yeah, just practice makes perfect, you know? Um you know, I, I, I like uh, I like anything that has to do with technique and strategy, not really just stuff in your face. 
even and though what, I don't like crawfish, I did crawfish a couple of times. I've done it a couple of times, even though I hate crawfish, I should say. Uh, I I like the feeling of doing the crawfish because it's almost like chicken wings because you're having to break the shell. And well, if you've ever eaten crawfish, anyone knows that who's ever eaten crawfish, even though you eat it in slow motion, you're still kind of, you're still nipping your fingers in those nips. You get little blood spots from nipping them from the shell. Or if you open, you eat the crawfish, you still get a little piece of shell and you, and you nick your, your, your gum and you bleed from your gum. Now imagine going a hundred times fast doing the crawfish, just like I mentioned. At the end of the competition, our hands are bloody, our gums are bloody, we got blood in our teeth. We look like we just went to battle. And I like that. That's crazy. And the worst food competition you've ever done? Um, the worst one was uh, uh, Slug Burgers in Mississippi where I did, uh, <laughs> I, I, I had never tasted the slug burger and they asked me if I wanted to taste it before. I'm like, no. Nah, What's a slug burger? So a slug burger is, uh, and it sounds like something nasty, but it's really not. It's just, and it kind of did taste nasty, so I should take that back. But it's not like what you think it is. Uh, slug burger is a patty that is, con that, that is made up of 50% pork and 50% soybean filler oh. and so that was created back in the Great Depression uh, because food was scarce and you know you didn't have a lot of food so they had to make food last longer so by adding a soybean filler you know it just made proteins last longer so they would get this patty deep fry it put it in a bun mustard pickle almost like a Chick-fil-A sandwich kind of looks that way when mm -hmm. I looked at it at first, I was like, oh, can't be that bad. It looks like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Well, competition starts, and I start chowing down, and I'm squeezing the patty from the bun separate, and the patty, as I was squeezing it, my grease, like grease was just running down my arm. I was like, oh, this is disgusting. And I put it in my mouth. It tasted like deep-fried cardboard. Oh, oh. It was, so that's the most disgusting the year after that, I came I came back and did that competition because I love the people there in, in Mississippi, in Corinth, Mississippi. Small little town that has a lot of, rich in history from back in the days, 1800s. Um, so I went back to that competition, and the the coordinator of the event, they always choose a different coordinator. Coordinator every year, a director. And so this guy was the director this year. Uh, I can't remember his name, but... Uh, we asked him if he wanted to do the competition with us because we had a spot available. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he's like, all right, what's the crowd saying? And the crowd's like, yeah, do it. So he's like, he's going to do it. So he's standing next to me on the stage to do the competition. And <laughs> he was excited. He was so excited to be up there, even though this is his, his uh, festival. He was excited to be there competing with us and against us. And so he was standing next to me, the gun goes off, and I, at this point, this is back when I almost like the second year that I had already been with Major League Heating, this is the second year, so I was like trying different things, I was testing out new things, I think I had fasted for almost 60 hours, I hadn't eaten anything. Oh, wow. So I was starving, like beyond starving, so, um, so I was in such a 
fast, you know, hurry to get this food down my throat because I was just like really hangry that I went so fast and so ferocious was my bite that I actually bit right when the start competitions I started, I bit into my left uh, index finger and oh, I, wow. I cut a chunk of my index finger off and That's swallowed crazy. it. By oh, wow. Swallowed it. I thought when people go, I bet you've never eaten human. I'm like, well, technically I have. <laughs> You're like, I've eaten myself. I've eaten myself. <laughs> well, I'm all over the place. There's blood all over my sandwiches. Again, mentality. The show must go on. Exactly. So I'm doing the competition. This poor kid looks at me. He looks at my area, looks back and forth, back and forth. He's like, Moose, is that blood? I go, yes, sir. And he's like, are you really just eating everything with the blood? I go, yeah, the show must go on. Come on, let's go. All right, I tell the guy. And all of a sudden, I hear him go, ugh, ugh. Oh, ugh. my God. Like, all of a sudden, I see him run, take a dash off the stage. Well, he comes at me. He's like, oh, man, you're a prick. I can't believe you made me throw up. And <laughs> <laughs> That's so, crazy. You didn't make him throw up. He just threw up. Well, so. he threw up all the blood and he just was amazed that I could eat and power through that. I was like, dude, I was in the Marine Corps. I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. Trust me, this is nothing. Yeah, crazy. So what's your next competition coming up? So the next competition and the season starts up every year in February and ends in November. So we get about two months off. Uh, the competition or the season for 2020 starts up this year, February 8th. We're doing a competition in New Orleans. And we're oh. doing uh, a new competition is sponsored by Blue Food Runner. I think it's what it's called, Blue Food Runner Group. And they do, uh, they specialize in beans and rice. And they, they're the, half the sponsor. The other sponsor is Fairground uh, Horse Track and Slots. Not too far away from Bourbon Street. It's a little horse track with slots and machines. They're the other sponsor. Both of those companies hired us. We're doing red beans and rice. Oh, wow. Saturday in New Orleans. So everything's booked, ready to go. In about a month, I should be there. Oh, excellent. So who's number one? You're number 50th in the world. Who's number one in the world? Joey Chesson has been number one ever since I saw him beat Kobayashi last, or two decades. I would say last decade back then, but that was two decades ago. Uh, back in... Uh, the early part of uh, the century, uh, he was going up against Kobayashi, and then uh, one year he beat him so bad, and and he just he's taken the crown ever since. No one's ever beat. So Joey. he still competes then. Yeah, he still competes. So, yeah, he's lost like once, uh, but that was just it. I was just once, but um, he's been winning. He's number one. You know, if, if he shows up to competition. You can just expect not to place because he's just... <laughs> his gut bacteria must be crazy. I mean, he looks slim. I saw him on a video. I was like, my God, that guy looks slim. How can he be number one? I mean, he his looks... gut must just be amazing. I love the guy to death. He was gaining a little bit of weight, and everybody was making fun of how fat he was getting. But I think he got to his head. And so he went on his workout spree. So now the guy looks fit as heck. Wow. So, he runs a lot. He trains a lot. He treats it like a job. He makes six figures. So, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got his own condiment line. 
ketchup mustard and deli <laughs> mustard and yeah so the guy's doing really well that's awesome yeah. all right so any uh last words if uh, people want to follow you where can they follow you yeah they can just uh I, i'm very simple uh twitter facebook or instagram alex moose perez that's what it is so awesome well it's been such a great conversation yeah thanks and, for having me i appreciate yeah. you uh, inviting me over and then uh, if anybody ever has any questions, they can reach out to me on social media. Now. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for listening, nurses and hypochondriacs. Till next time. The World Health Organization has designated 2020 as the year of the nurse and midwife. In honor of the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. And did you know that nurses have an 18-year running streak of being the number one most ethical and honest profession in all of America? Rogue Nurse Media 501c3 is going warp speed into this 2020 year of the nurse. We're sponsoring art exhibitions, murals, networking events, movie screenings, and writing webinars to promote the positive image of nurses in the media. We'd love for you to join our team. We're looking for volunteers and sponsors to help us go forward with this amazing journey. For more information, email us at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com. And oh, don't forget to go ahead and give us a five-star rating on iTunes.